how language is learned is really amazing and really fun to watch as we watch kids begin to say words clumsily and then later with more precision. We cheer as we celebrate cute words and almost words become clearer. And then it seems in a blink, they seem to know a lot of words. And then they string those words into sentences and tell us stories. And if you're curious how that happens or want to help your child express their thoughts and feelings and ideas better, join today and learn three strategies to do just that. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children and wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated that your kids argue, whine, or debate with you? Are you afraid you're doing the wrong thing, but you're not sure what to do? Hey mamas, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. My name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush, mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get your kids to listen better, understand the clear communication, and the boundaries that benefit kids and all while enhancing your relationships. So if you are ready to build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. It's playtime. Let's go. Hello, parents. Welcome to the Language of Play. This is Episode 6, titled, Helping Kids Share Their Thoughts, Feelings, and Ideas. But before we do that, I want to read a review. Jackie Bailey gave five stars and wrote, Easy to Implement Lessons for Language Learning. Dina Lynn offers easy ways to reinforce language of our children and how to take their cues to know what to teach at each opportunity. Thank you so much, Jackie Bailey. I am so glad you find the show helpful. Let's get into it. We're talking about what speech therapists call expressive language. That is, how do we tell our thoughts? How do we tell our feelings? How do we tell our ideas? How do we string them together to make coherent sentences that make sense to all that are listening to us? When parents talk to me about their kids' language issues, They come to me saying, my kids don't talk. I don't know what I can do to help them to be able to speak. They're talking about children that don't have the vocabulary. They don't have language structures. They don't really know how to put words together to make sense. Sometimes we spoke of teenagers, and more often we spoke of school-age or preschool kids. Note, parents also express concern about speech sounds But that'll be a topic of another podcast. Today, we will not focus on sounds. Today, we'll be focused on building vocabulary and sentences for your child to communicate with you and with others, to build friendships, to build relationships, to be able to connect with people in their world. And if you have a specific question you would like addressed in an episode, send me an email at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. If you have the question, it's likely many people have the same question. Now, I want to suggest that if you did not hear episode 5, you go listen to Building and Understanding Language Through Our Senses, because that is the foundation for having expressive language. Expressive language is the things that we say. But in order to have things to be able to say, we need to first learn how to take in and receive the understanding of the language you need. We need to learn the vocabulary 
and what words go together. And all that is receptive language. And all that is formed from our exposure to many repetitions of words, sounds, meanings, word order, tense, and more. All the expressive language, which is what we're talking about today, builds on what has already been received. So before we can expect our children to say words, to use a broad vocabulary, to use proper grammar and sentence structure, or to be able to write stories and narratives and all those things, we need to be using that language with them. We need to expose them to the language that we want them to ultimately put into their own use. It's kind of like if you go to a foreign country and you haven't heard the language very much. You can't converse. Maybe with your gestures and your hands and your feet, you can get your point across on some minor things, but you can't function and you can't get your needs met through spoken communication. But what if, what if prior to going, you had a friend that spoke to you in that language often and had repeated vocabulary words along with showing you the items that match that vocabulary? Then, when you go to the country and you hear the language, you'll be familiar with the sounds, the cadence, the tone, and you will recognize a few things. On that foundation, you will have the capacity for experimenting with your own expression of the language. When you begin speaking, you know you are exploring and practicing and discovering if you can be understood, and you are able to change what you say with other ideas that come up. And sometimes we fool people. If we say a certain sentence well, we don't appear as amateur as we really are. All of this is very similar to how it is when we're teaching our children. We want to give them lots of exposure. We build their foundation with thousands of inputs. Some kids need more inputs and some less, but they all need many, many, many. And when they venture out and speak a few complex things perfectly, we are amiss if we forget that they are amateurs. We need to keep watching for hiccups in their understanding. This is the indicator where they need more inputs. Okay, if you want some specific strategies on how to give inputs and foundation, listen to episode 5 when you're done. How is it that we can build our kids' expression so they express more deeper ideas, thoughts, and feelings? Here are three very simple, but not easy, strategies. The first one is really your listening skills. How are they? Do you listen well and engage with what your child says? When someone listens well, the speaker is propelled forward. If you notice you're not good at this, that is okay. We start from where we are. I came to parenting and teaching with poor listening skills. But I learned, and so can you. If you are patient as your child gets his words out, and you really pay attention to them, they'll want to talk more. If your phone is present during your talking, kids will quickly learn that they are not important enough for you to listen. I know that sounds harsh, but how do you feel when you want to tell something important to your significant other and he's texting at the same time? Here's a brief, true story. Dan came home from school. Regularly, Mom asked, How was school? Dan thought for a moment and answered, Good. 
Mom used to nod and feel like that was the end of the conversation until she learned to ask specific questions and then follow-up questions. Now her conversation sounds like this. Mom says, Hi, Dan. What did you work on in math today? Dan says, Uh, fractions. We worked on multiplying fractions. Do you like fractions? Mom asked. No, said Dan. Mom asks, Why not? Dan says, Why do I need to know this? Mom says, Hmm, I'm going to Google that. And she did, right then and there. She did not answer directly because she wanted to show by example that he can get answers for his questions. So she figured out, she also figured out that he would argue with her if she gave her own ideas. Then mom said, of course, in recipes. I do that all the time. I do it so often I didn't even realize it. Then that night at supper, mom was able to ask him to double a recipe. When you listen well, you are able to engage in what they're saying. The second thing to help with expressive language is going to be to ask the specific question. We saw mom in that example move from how was school to what did you work on in math today? Sometimes it's just difficult for kids to know what to say. When you ask a question that is broad, like how was your day? Some kids have the whole day flash through their mind and it's hard to answer that question. So fine is like all they can come up with. They cannot talk about all the different things that rose to the surface so quickly because they can't figure out which one to talk about. None of them seem more important than the other after a question like that. Kids are often not opposed to conversation. They just don't know where to begin. They don't know how to hold a conversation. I've been guilty of the one-word answer too. Me, as a professional, I've been asked, what was the best part of this month? And in my mind, Many things came to mind, good, bad, and now I've learned to ask, uh, can you be more specific? Do you mean work? Do you mean in family? In activities? In health? In relationships? In something else? This especially happens to me if I'm tired. So our kids are the same. If we give them a narrower question, like the mom did above, you're bound to get more expression. You're bound to get more from them. And even if you get a short answer, at least you will know how to ask a follow-up question about the answer they give you. The third simple strategy, but again, not always easy, for building your child's self-expression in language is to regularly ask them open-ended questions. Now, if this has not been a practice in your home, you may do well to warn them that you are starting a new habit. Tell them you want to know them better. You will be asking questions regularly in order to create the habit of conversation. Let's just be straightforward with our kids. This works great with kids. And if they balk, that's fine. You are giving them a great example of how to create something new in the relationship. I have a friend that did this. She and her husband asked their kids, ages 4, 7, and 9 at the time, to tell what their highlight and low light was each day. So each day during dinner, she would ask, and each person had a chance to speak at the dinner table. She warned them that this is something they will do, and it allowed everyone the opportunity to talk. There were no right answers. There were no wrong answers. It was just easy to learn how to validate each speaker. 
The skills that came up with the kids was fantastic as they grew because they were able to validate their parents. Their parents could validate them. They learned to validate each other and to ask follow-up questions. Everyone learned to be respectful of each other's talk time. And this meant, too, that parents had to learn to listen. If you decide to implement the highlight, lowlight conversations, great. I copied my friend and implemented that with my kids sometimes. If you see open-ended questions in the car being a more suitable location for your family, I encourage you to have a notebook of questions in the car. It's amazing to me when I am busy in life, I go out in the car and like the busyness can steal my thoughts and intentions right out of my own awareness. And then I later remember that I forgot. If this is you, I have a free downloadable called Conversation Starters for Parents and Teens in the show notes. Now this downloadable was created for a teen conference that I had spoken at, but it certainly is suitable and appropriate for kids of other ages too. You read through it and you can decide which of those questions are appropriate for the ages of your kids. You're welcome to print it and adapt it to your child's age as you see fit. And if you need help with that, you can contact me. My email's in the show notes too. Now to wrap it up, today's topic has been expressive language, which is expression, talking, telling one's thoughts and feelings and ideas. And there are many strategies to use to increase expressive language skills. Today, three were discussed. The first one, listen well and engage with what your child says. Number two, ask specific questions, like to get the ball rolling. And three, regularly ask open-ended questions. That was the highlight and lowlight example. Thank you for joining me today on The Language of Play. I hope you have fun as you learn to explore your child's thoughts, experiment with different questions, discover more about yourself and others, and enjoy the process of unwrapping the gift of your child. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.